Welcome to the Yukon RUF podcast. RUF at Yukon is a ministry that relies completely on the financial support of churches and individuals like you in order to serve the Yukon community. You can support RUF at Yukon by going to ruf.org slash Yukon. Thanks, Isaiah, for praying, and good to be with you guys again tonight. Thanks for coming, even though you might have, like, an exam tomorrow or this later this week, or maybe it's been a long day of staring at a screen or something like that. So I just really appreciate you coming, and, um, you know, as you're, I know this is a time of year when the schedule kind of picks up, and as your schedule picks up, I uh, hope you'll make time for me and Sophie and Taylor and each other and uh, we just really want to be a community that supports each other and uh, walks through life with each other and uh, ultimately points each other to Jesus which is what this community is about and so uh, yeah I hope you'll make time for us and um, you know we've been going through the Sermon on the Mount this semester so each week we've been taking a little chunk of Jesus's most famous sermon uh, found in Matthew chapter 5 and onward, um, and looking at it, and what we've been seeing is that uh, it's about God's great kingdom, and it's about how uh, we live in a world that's messed up and turned upside down, and Jesus has come to bring a new his kingdom, and he's the king, and he's come to set things the way they were meant to be, and so that's why we're calling this series Living Upside Down, and what we're seeing uh, is that uh, when Jesus comes, uh, the way that things are meant to be uh, seem upside down because our world is upside down. And so uh, we're coming to a passage tonight, which is just amazing. Like it's a passage actually that's fairly well known, uh, but uh, if you think about it, it's just really incredible uh, the message in it. And so I'm excited to share it with you. So we're gonna look at Matthew five verses thirty-eight through forty-eight. There we go. Um, Let me read it for us. And this is Jesus talking to his disciples. And it says, You've heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Uh, Give to the one who begs from you and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Okay, so um, I'm actually, Sophie, we can go ahead and pull up this video. I have a video for that I wanted to show you guys. And I'll just to prep you for it. I want to prep you for what you're going to see. So what you're going to see is a guy getting ready to so what, what, what's happened is he's the fan of the new orleans pelicans basketball team and he's got a courtside seat 
and he's purchased the exact warm-up suit that the team wears for their warm-ups. And uh, so that's the situation, just so you know what you're looking at. This is a guy walking onto the court uh, pretending to be an NBA basketball player. Yeah, it's pretty pretty good, uh, you know, pretty good idea, right? He just gets, you know, it lasts for like five seconds, but it actually worked, right? He was wearing the same outfit and for a second, like someone even passed him the ball. But what it shows is that like you can look at his like body type and kind of immediately know like he's not a like world-class NBA basketball player. And uh, there's a big difference between being on the court wearing the outfit doing like those moves that they do to warm up and actually being a professional basketball player. Uh, there's a big difference. And the last two weeks in RUF, we've been looking at Jesus talking about God's law using the same formula where he says, you know, you've heard that it was said and then fill in the blank. And then, but I say to you, and then he gives you what God's law, what the Bible is actually meaning, what it's actually saying And we've been talking about how Jesus isn't actually reinterpreting those old laws and giving like some new interpretation, but he's saying like, this is what the law always meant. Uh, This is how God always meant for his people to live. And in doing that, he's revealing this tendency that we all have to be kind of like that New Orleans Pelicans fan. Uh, Because it's like, he's like, you know, if I if I put on the outfit, if I get on the court, if I do the moves, like, you know, maybe I'll, maybe this will work. Maybe I can be in, uh, maybe that's close enough. And, uh, Jesus is pointing out that we do the same thing with God. You know, we want to be in with God. We want to do what it takes to get in. And Jesus is teaching here in this sermon, like there's nothing you can do to be in with God, uh, but the evidence that you are in is that you begin to become like him. Uh, You will allow him to shape your life, uh, even when the surrounding culture, or maybe even your own heart, tells you it's crazy, it's backwards, it's upside down. And this week is just, you know, the passage we read, if you think about it, is crazy. Like, this is the pinnacle of the Sermon on the Mount. And if you thought, like, the last few weeks of Jesus' teaching were demanding, like, this is by far the most demanding that you can get. Uh, And so we're going to talk about two things, uh, non-retaliation and then active love for our enemies. Like, there's nothing that's more difficult than that. Uh, So in in the not, first he kind of addresses this idea of non-retaliation. And he says, you've heard it was said an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. Uh, And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone would forces you to go one mile, go two. And if anyone begs from you, don't refuse them. And what's going on there is that uh, you've heard that it was said an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Uh, That is in the Bible. 
Uh, it's in the book of Exodus chapter 21. Uh, but it's in there as it was, it's for like the courts of law, first of all, not for personal relationships. And it was supposed to be a maximum penalty. Okay, so what's like, uh, there were other law codes at that time. And you might say, well, that sounds this law, an eye for an eye, sounds kind of barbaric, but uh, it's actually very progressive compared to the rest of the world because the rest of the world had laws that said, like, you know, if you were like a nobleman and, and someone lower than you, like, offended you, you could, you know, kill them or something like that. And so this law in the context of God's word is to say, it's, it's to extend this principle that, like, you can't, the most you can ever do is like what was done to you. And that's the maximum. And it's a way to protect really the lower classes of people from people above them. So it's actually really gracious and progressive. And uh, in Jesus's day, then what had happened is they had taken that principle and they just brought it into personal relationships. So they, they would essentially say like, oh, you slapped me. Well, I'm going to slap you. And it's okay because God's law says eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. And uh, a religious person could feel pretty good about, like, vengeance. And uh, the problem is that, though, as Jesus explains, is that God's law actually teaches the opposite uh, in other places in the Bible, in the Old Testament. Like in Leviticus, it says, you shall not take vengeance or bear any grudge against the sons of your own people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself, right? That's like one of the most common known passages, love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, Okay, Jesus isn't throwing out justice, though. Uh, God loves justice, and we love justice. Like, we all love a good, like, vengeance story, don't we? Uh, I'm watching Cobra Kai right now. Anybody seen Cobra Kai on Netflix? Amazing show, especially if you were into the old Karate Kid movie and uh, it really captures this like 1980s like movie feel, and one of the features of it is that like the bullies in school, for instance, are like so mean, like over the top mean. Like no bullies in school are actually like this mean, uh, but then it feels so good while like, you're watching it, and you know like that bully just gets like a roundhouse kicked by Miguel, and you're just like yeah, like because he was so bad and he just like deserved it. And we love venge- we love justice, and Jesus isn't throwing that idea out. He's about like ultimate justice, and there will be justice one day. But he's saying that when we're thinking about personal relationships, uh, they're meant to be based on love, not justice. And the hardest part about that is that it feels very degrading, right? Uh, and Jesus gives four examples here. He says, if someone slaps your face, Turn them the other cheek as well, and that's that's like an insulting slap. That's not that's not like a punch in the face that's going to give you a concussion. Okay, that's like an insulting slap. Uh, it says if someone takes your tunic, give them your cloak as well. Uh, so most people back then, the tunic was like the underlayer, and the cloak was like the heavier. You might also use it as a blanket. And he's saying like, uh, if necessary, go naked, uh, lose all your honor uh, for someone. It says if someone forces you to go one mile, go two. And and that day, the the context where that would happen would be that Israel was occupied by Rome. And sometimes Roman soldiers would actually just like for fun to just like rub it in with like find random Israelites and be like, let's go walk a mile. Come with me. 
uh, just for no reason other than to be degrading. And, you know, he even says, allow someone to beg from you, you know, like be a sucker. You know, today, if some, if you allow someone to beg from you, you say like, oh, that guy's such a sucker. He just bought into that. Um, and Jesus is giving all those examples um, and to show that, like, it feels, it's going to feel degrading. And this is the part that people, like, don't like about Christianity. Uh, Friedrich Nietzsche, the great German philosopher, uh, famously criticized Christianity because it was so weak. You know, like, these ideas, he's like, it's so weak. Uh, but I hope you can see that it actually requires you to be really, really strong because it requires you uh, to resist your instinct. Like retaliation is instinctive. Uh, there's, I know you guys are all probably too old to have watched Seinfeld, but Seinfeld was a show I watched a lot back in the day. And uh, there's this episode of Seinfeld where George, who's kind of like, he's just like a perpetual loser, this character. And he, uh, he's at a business meeting and he's like, they have cocktail shrimp and he's just like gobbling up the food. And, and this one guy goes in front of everyone, Hey George, the ocean called, they're all out of shrimp. And the whole room's like, just like laughing at George. And he's like totally humiliated by this guy. And as he's driving home, he thinks of the perfect comeback. And the perfect comeback is this. It's, Hey, the jerk store called and they're running out of you. And, but he's missed his chance. And so the whole episode is him just doing like wishing he, in the moment, he had had that perfect comeback and even working to like recreate that exact set of events so he can use the perfect comeback. And I really, like I've had that, you know, like that, it's funny because we've all had that experience where it's like, man, I wish I had thought to say this, like this would have really made that person like feel it. And, uh, you know, it's just true. Like this retaliation instinct is present and, and Jesus is calling us to resist it. Uh, do we become doormats then? Uh, no, Jesus is not, you know, Jesus is not saying that we become doormats, but he is saying that we act in love. Um, you know, retaliation is almost always about like self-preservation. You know, it's not about like, oh, I love this person so much and I need them to feel like the pain. You know, it's usually just like my self-preservation instinct kicking in. You know, uh, it's not loving to just like allow someone to continue to do awful things all the time. But the way we, we retaliate is usually just me looking out for me. And uh, so what would it look like for you not to retaliate. Uh, think about your relationships. Think about roommates, sweetmates, hallmates, siblings, uh, the people you compete against, the people that cut you in line, the people that say mean things to you. Um, Jesus is saying that if we're different, if we've been changed by God's love, then the one place the world will see it is in the way we respond to insult, uh, the way we respond uh, to people mistreating us. And as if that weren't challenging enough, uh, he doesn't stop there because he then goes on to talk about active love for enemies. And I'll just read that section again so it's fresh in our minds. He says, uh, you've heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And he goes on and on. 
And first of all, the Bible never says to hate your enemies. That was just like the accepted rule in Jesus' day. Like, uh, you should love people, but it's okay to hate your enemies. Like, which is kind of like the way we think today, typically. Um, and it's actually a complete distortion of God's law. Um, God's law does say, love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, and here Jesus says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And like, this is insane. This is like Joe Biden praying for Donald Trump. Uh, this is like racial minorities pl- praying for white supremacists, which does happen, by the way. Um, applying Jesus' teaching here means that we first of all have to think of who our enemies are. Uh, you know, in Jesus' day, it was easy. Like, the enemy was Rome. The Roman Empire was there. Uh, that's who Jesus' audience would have been thinking of. And probably other people, same as us, that offend us in different ways. Um, who are our enemies today? Uh, people we compete against for grades or status or whatever. Uh, people that belittle us. People that are unkind. Uh, people who have it out for us for some reason. Um, we see it like politics is just like a way more combative today than ever. And so much so that we view people with different political views as like our enemies. And yet in the midst of all this, like, you know, delineation of like enemies and stuff, Jesus says that we're to actively love and pray for these types of people. Why would we do that? Because that's what God is like. And in verse 45, we see it. Because the reasoning Jesus gives, he says, the sun rises on the evil and the good. He says it rains on the just and on the unjust. And what he's saying there is that, like, you know, there are people in this world, some of whom are kind of on God's side, and there are many that are enemies of God. And yet, God, like, this allows people that are his enemies to see beautiful sunsets and drink fine wine and have a delicious meal and enjoy all these good things about life and God's world. And what you, the point Jesus is ultimately making is we can reflect God's character too. Like this is what the whole Sermon on the Mount is about. You know, we saw that when he talked about being salt and light. Uh, You know, it's being so distinct in this world uh, so that this world can see what God is like. Uh, This is what we want RUF, this community to be like, a distinct community at UConn where when people come and they see, they'll they'll say, wow, this is different. Uh, I want to know more about their God uh, because it's so welcoming and uh, the way of life is so good. Um. So Jesus goes so far, you know, like he talks about in a couple of those verses, like, you know, everyone's nice to people who are nice to them. You know, everyone like greets people that greet them. Everyone loves people that love them. Uh, But if that's the only way, like if that's how our society operates, nothing will ever get better. Uh, It'll only stay the same or get worse. Uh, But we're to go so far, Jesus goes so far as to say, be perfect. Uh, by which he means reflect the character of God. Uh, so do you have enemies? This would be helpful if you maybe thought of who your enemies were. Uh, people you don't get along with, people that don't like you, 
Uh, how can you love those people? Uh, how can you be praying for them? Uh, maybe for you, applying what Jesus is teaching here looks like purposefully hanging out with people that are way different from you. Uh, people with different perspectives than you have. Uh, loving people with different views. Uh, I love what Martin Luther King Jr. famously said, uh, who was a pastor first. Uh, and he said, hate multiplies hate. Love is the only force capable of transforming an enemy into a friend. Uh, that's the vision Jesus has come with. That's what Jesus' kingdom is about. And, you know, you don't have to watch the news much to see or get on Twitter much to see how broken everything is in our world. I just feel like we feel that a lot uh, you, you don't have to look far to see people just like really treating each other awfully. And in the midst of that, Jesus has a word for us. Uh, there's a way of undoing evil by doing good. Uh, this is what the Bible is about. There's a way of undoing all the bad uh, by doing good. Uh, this is what the Harry Potter books are actually about. So plug for Harry Potter if you have not read those. They are excellent. Um, and the, the whole story is about that. It's how do you undo evil uh, by radical good? And, you know, the goal is love. The goal is restored relationships with those around us. And it begins with forgiveness. Uh, it's never loving to let someone get away with like hurting you. Uh, but you're never going to be able to confront them with their interests in mind unless you forgive them first. And that's why we need the cross. You know, the, only, the solution to how we can do this is the cross. Because guess what? On the way to the cross, Jesus was slapped. Uh, he was stripped of all his clothes. He was forced to walk to his death by a Roman soldier. Uh, in essence, becoming a beggar in the process with nothing. Why did he do it? Uh, so those of us that were previously enemies of God could be called friends of God. That's the power. If that takes root in your heart, then you'll do amazing things to your enemies. You'll be able to uh, stand firm and not retaliate even if someone insults you with a slap, even if someone mistreats you, even if someone is unfair to you. Uh, you'll be amazing uh, because there will be this power at work in your heart. Uh, the cross, which is all about uh, the king, the one who is holy, uh, stooping way, 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 way down and forgiving uh, people like you and me uh, who don't deserve his love at all, who actively resist it. So the call for us is to go in love. Uh, if you've been changed by the cross, if the cross is your story, start thinking of who your enemies are tonight uh, and start treating them differently and watch God work, and it will be amazing. Uh, let me pray for us. Uh, Heavenly Father, we, uh, this word is just really challenging for me, and I honestly don't even want to admit that I have enemies and people that I need to think about treating differently, uh, but I pray that you would uh, work this word deep into our hearts uh, so that we might uh, 
reflect your character uh, so that you might be glorified, uh, so that our, our lives might be the way they were meant to be. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.